0: The kamer daf nunvov amudbet is Nun lost and found, shomer ke shomer sachar. The sugi uh, is primarily on daf Zayan. It starts at the bottom of daf Vav Amud Bet, And the shir today is just so sadly dedicated to the honored memory of Yaron Eliezer Chittis, just an integral part of he and his family, an integral part of, of our community, who gave his life yesterday fighting for the Kiyum, for the existence of Eretz Israel and Claudius Israel, And it's important for us to keep in mind all the time it's not a Gaza war, it's the Jewish war. This is something so big and so significant in the evolution of our history. That the very existence of Eretz Israel is at stake. Can't take it for granted. The very existence of Eretz Israel is at stake. If, God forbid, Eretz Israel were, were no longer ours, where would that put the Jewish people worldwide? We see where, we, where we're at. We were just talking last night about the fact that maybe this is the first time in, in history that we can think of where the Jews have nowhere else to go. It's not mm-hmm. as if there's trouble in, in Spain, so you can go to Eastern Europe. There's trouble in Eastern Europe, so you can go to North Africa. There's trouble in North Africa, you can go to the United States. There's trouble for the Jews everywhere. So it, it's not as if there's, there's even we're fighting not just for the kiyum of Eretz Israel. This is the first time that that is synonymous with for the kium of, of Am Yisrael. The War of Independence, you could argue, it was a Zionist endeavor, and and it was to establish the State of Israel, great, fantastic. The Six-Day War, the State of Israel was threatened, fantastic. We fight it, we win it. The Yom Kippur War, the State of Israel is threatened, but this is not just about the State of Israel. For the first time in in modern history, the State of Israel and the people of Israel have become united as one. They they aren't two, two different identities anymore. And we're fighting for the very existence of that so, uh, as we, we suffer the pain of the, of the tragic loss of these unbelievably wonderful young men. Every single day we wake up to a, another few people that, that we've lost and how deeply painful that is. Just never to, to forget in our conversations, because it's so easy for conversation to start drifting, just in our thinking and in our conversation to remain focused on what's the, what this is really all about, what is, what is happening, what are they giving their lives for and how indebted to, to them are we for protecting not only us but our future, our nation's future, our children's future, uh, how important this is every minute that they're risking their lives for our protection. There is a difference when one does something as a volunteer and one does something as a professional. When you volunteer for something, we see it even in Chazal Gadol HaMetzuveva Oseh Mimiche'enu HaMetzuveva say even Hashem regards somebody who is obligated to do something as greater than he who volunteers to do the same thing. In, in Western society, we tend to think of the volunteer as the highest. Ooh, he volunteered. He didn't have to do it. He volunteered. But we'll see in Torah that's not really so. You do something as a professional, you take on a different level of responsibility. As a volunteer, you can always say, I'm volunteering. I'm doing the best I can. That should be enough. If you're a professional, it's not enough to do the best you can. You have to do your job. And there's a difference between doing your job and volunteering. What is the prevention of loss to another? Is that a voluntary thing, or is that your job? You see that your friend is at risk, that your friend's money is at risk, and you could step in and protect him from loss. Is that something you should, from a moral perspective, we've been talking about the difference between a moral obligation, a legal obligation, a Torah obligation. What is the nature of the obligation that we have to intervene and engage in the prevention of loss of somebody else, where you could just walk right past it and not become engaged in it at all? So that's covered in, in the Psukim, in Parashas Kitetzeh. You're not allowed to see your friend's ox or lamb wandering, lost, and just ignore them, carry on with your work. You are obligated to re- return them to your brother. What happens if you don't know who it is? You don't know who the owner of it is? You should take the animal into your home. Take possession of the lost property. And protect the lost property as your own. Ad Until your friend makes a gesture to come and find his lost property, and then you can fulfill the requirement of Avah Hashivotah law, you shall return it to him. So here we see that the Torah imposes quite a lot of obligation. We'll see exactly how much obligation on you. Now the question is, so, okay, I, so the Torah tells me I can't ignore it. I've got to get involved. Do I get involved as a volunteer or as a professional? Is the Torah telling me you must volunteer to give it back to him? Or is the Torah telling him you have a job? You, you now have a job to do. The Torah gives us a job to do and you have to do the whole job. And that's a machlokis in our Gemara. And the, the Machlokas revolves around the Dinim of Shomrim, which we're really going to deal with in Bovimitzia when we get there. But the Shomrim is there are four different categories of guardian with different levels of responsibility. One guardian is a Shomer Chinam. I volunteer, you say to me, do you mind taking care of my dog while I'm away? And I say, sure. That's a Shomer Chinam. I don't say, how much are you going to pay me? i I'll take care of it. Can you take care of my, of my car while I'm away? Whatever. And I say, sure, I'll take care of it. I've got an expensive watch. I don't want to leave it in the apartment. Can you take care of it? Just keep an eye on it while I'm away. Sure. That's a Shomer Chinam. That's, That's voluntary. I'm volunteering. And the only thing I'm responsible for is not to be a poshe, not to do anything careless. I'm not taking upon myself to protect it from theft and from loss and from fire. I'm not taking that on. I'm just volunteering. I'm just taking care of it. I, I, won't, do, I won't be careless with it. But if you say, I will pay you to do that, Then I'm a Shomer Sachaim, now I'm a professional, that's my job. Now I'm responsible to make sure it's not stolen, I'm responsible to make sure it isn't lost in fire or in in any other way, I get much more responsibility. And a socher, if I'm a renter, I have the same levels of obligation. And then the fourth one is a Shoel, I borrow it. I'm not paying you, you're not paying me, but you're allowing me to use it. And that has the highest level of of, of shmira. What is the din os Gomorrah about a shomer Aveidah? during the period between finding the lost property and returning the lost property? I am a shomer. I am a guardian. Am I a voluntary guardian, and therefore a shomer chinam, and therefore I'm not responsible if it gets stolen, or am I? Is it my job? Am I a shomer sachar? So that's a machloket Rabbah and Rav Yosef. And we go like Rav Yosef, who says He is a Shomer Sachar. During that period, I pick up this lost property. I find your watch on the ground, and I pick it up and I take it home to to take care of it until I find out to who it belongs to. During that time, I am a professional guardian. I'm being paid to, for this guardian. What what am I being paid? So we have what we call the Pruta de Rav Yosef. I'm paid a penny. By says Rav Yosef, what am I paid? <inaudible> while I'm busy with, with your watch, or, or your sheep, or your lamb, or your dog, I'm feeding it, I'm taking it care, care of it, during that time I'm fulfilling a mitzvah, and therefore if a poor person comes and asks me for money, while I'm busy with it, I'm free, I don't have to pay the poor person, so I save money. And, and that's my that's my payment as a Shomer Sacha. Rav Yosef adds a different dimension, not different from the previous one, but additional. Since the Torah compels him to take on the job, it's a job, it's not voluntary. So again, the difference between acting as a volunteer and acting as a professional, they're, they're different. Different Sokhrim, sometimes it's a different shomer. sometimes a Shomer is a volunteer, sometimes a Shomer is a professional. What about a Shomer Aveda? While you're protecting the Aveda, says, says Rav Yosef, you are a professional, that is your job while you're doing it. It's so much your job that you don't even have to give money to a poor person if he comes around while you're actually engaged in looking after it. And furthermore, Hashem gave that job to you. You don't, there's, no, there's no discussion. This is not voluntary. Hashem gave you the job. Voluntary is you volunteer. There's no volunteering here. Hashem told you to do it. So now it, it's interesting. We're going to, so we've learned Rav Yosef explaining a posuk. We're given a posuk in, at, at Sinai. Centuries later, Rav Yosef explains it. It's beautiful when we look at the Gemara. I often say and point out: Remember, when the Gemara is talking, the Gemara says, "What is a shomer aveda? Is he a shomer socher? Is he a shomer Khinim? Is he a Is he a professional?" They can't look up the Rambam to see. They can't look in the Shulchan Aruch to find out. They can't even look in the Gemara to see. They they are the Gemara. There's nowhere to look. So how do you figure it out? First principles. That's why Gomorrah is so important, because it teaches you to think first principles. And you've always got to put yourself back in the Gomorrah to understand how they're working these questions out, because they're no they don't have source sheets. They don't have, uh, they don't have Google. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go except to work it out on the basis of the principles you were taught in your Masoira and your own reason and rationality. And then centuries later, we've got the Ktsosachoshen explaining Rav Yosef. And the Ktsosachoshen says... Clearly all Shomrim need Meshichah, they have to engage in a contract with the anonymous owner of the object to undertake, to become responsible, Uh, all the Shomrim. The Rambam says you need it. You need Mashicha. You've actually got to do a Kenyan. Tosphus and the Rosh say you don't have to do a Kenyan. But from the moment that the owner, I mean, we're talking about regular Shomrim now, not looking after lost property. So I give you my watch to take care of while I'm on vacation. The moment I withdraw and I say I don't have to worry about this anymore. Thank goodness I've got a responsible person to look after. From that moment, you become the responsible person. It automatically shifts from the owner to the Shomer. It says the Tzoye uh, in the third line. That's where the other Shomerim. Once the owner withdraws from his care, the Shomer steps in automatically. But a Shomer Aveda has to step in, he's got to do a physical. Kinyan to take on this responsibility. It doesn't happen automatically. Just look at the posuk. The Torah says you must take it into your possession. How do you take something into your possession with a kinyan? That's how you do it. The Torah says, do it. Take it into your house. Until you pick it up, you're not obligated to take care of it. You're walking down the gro- along the street, and you see this watch on the ground. You look at it and you say, you know what, if I pick it up, I become a Shomer. I have to find out whose it is. I have to keep it until the person comes. I have responsibility. Uh, let's hope he finds it himself, and you walk on. At that point, says the Ketseus HaKoshin, you have no obligation to protect it. That's what the Ketseus says, which is very difficult, because the Torah says, Even before, before you pick it up, the Torah says you shouldn't see the the ox and walk away from it. So clearly the Torah says you do have an obligation. How can the Torah say you don't have an obligation? It just doesn't make sense with the psukim. So for that we need Reboruch Be'er. Now we go even The we're looking at the 18th century. Rabboruch Ber is the last century. Rabboruch Ber is one of the great Rosh Shivas before the war. Uh, our Rosh Shivas, the people we, that my generation learned from, were Talmudim of Rabboruch Ber. Rabboruch Ber was a Talmud of Reb Chaim Soloveitchik. And Rabboruch Ber brings something in the name of his Rebbe. I couldn't find it online, so I had to do it from, from my Sefer. And this is explaining the ktzusachrosion. It's interesting, by the way. Rebbe Reb Malin learns them as two different things: the and Reb Chaim. I don't see it that way. I, I see the Rebbechber using Reb Chaim to explain how the ktzusachrosion resolves the posk. The Ketuz says, until you pick it up, you don't have an obligation to, to, to take care of it. You're not a Shomer. Yeah. But the Prasuk says you have to return it to him. How are you going to return it to him if you don't take care of it? Explains Rabbi Baruch in the name of his Rebbe, I will start off with a foundational principle of my Rebbe. Shemishira'a et ha'avida ha'vi ha'chiyuv, rak lirot she'yashuv avidat Chaviro shelo mamon Yisra'el when you see the lost item you see the watch on the ground at that point you have an obligation to make sure that its owner doesn't lose it that's what you're obligated to do but once you lift it up then you have a whole section of Christian Mishpat applies to you now you have various laws of monetary obligations to your friends. So first you have a moral obligation, which the Torah obligates you to do. You are accountable to God. You're not accountable to the other person. You're accountable to Hashem. To make sure that this money is not lost, that the other person doesn't lose his money, you're obligated from Hashem. Once you've picked it up, you're now obligated to Him. Now you have, you have mandatory responsibility that results from the Kinyan. For the moral responsibility, you don't need a Kinyan. For the mandatory responsibility, you do need a kenya. What that means is, Once you pick it up, then the posuk, everything that the posuk says about The second posuk is talking about what happens after you've picked it up. The first posuk is talking about what happens before you pick it up. Before you pick it up, you have an obligation to make sure you could not pick it up. You could just stand there and look after it. You could take out your phone and call the owner and say, you know what, I found your, your watch. It's here. I'm going to wait here until you come. But you, you're not picking it up. You're not taking it home. But if you do pick it up, you immediately become the Shomer with that Kinyan of, of picking it up. If you don't return it and you haven't yet done opinion, then there's just a passive obligation if you don't give it back to him you've been over you should have and you didn't it's an act of omission not commission but once you've done the Kinyan if you then decide to put it back where you found it say look I don't want this responsibility I'm going to go and put it back where I found it then you're being over an act of commission not omission the Torah says you must keep it and you've put it back on the ground so you've actually withdrawn from the obligation of the Torah and you've done it biyadayim. Elsewhere we'll treat it in greater depth. So what do we see as we look at these psukim? What did we start off answering, asking, there are things you have to do, things you may do as a volunteer and there are things that are your job to do. If you're a Shomer, if you're a Shomer Chinam, you volunteer to be a Shomer Chinam. If you are a Shomer Sakhar, it is your obligation. You are being paid to, to look after my item and therefore it's a professional relationship. You have, it's your job. You have to do it and, and your responsibilities go very far. What about a Shomer aveda? Do you have the responsibility somebody who's just found lost property and is keeping it until the owner claims it? Does he have the responsibility of a volunteer or is it the responsibility, does he have a job? Says Rav Yosef in the Gemara, De b'al Balkoche, the Torah enforces it. Says the Tzuras what does the Torah enforce? The Torah enforces you to do a kinyan and become a shomer. You can't have a professional responsibility if you don't contract for it. The Torah doesn't say to you, "Thou shalt be responsible to another person." A moral responsibility, yes, but a contractual responsibility needs a kinyan. So explains the Tzuras Achoshen. The Torah says, "Thou shalt make a kinyan. Thou shalt lift it up and make yourself a shomer." That's what you've got to do. What about until you pick it up? So from the chush, it sounds as if there's no obligation at all, but the apostle says there is. Explains Rib Chaim, no, until you pick it up, there's an obligation to make sure it gets back to your to your brother. Once you pick it up, you have an obligation to invest effort and energy as a professional guarantor, as a professional guardian of the object. You have to take care of it absolutely and properly and so we see from here firstly the differences between the things we do as volunteers and the things we do as 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 a job and the other thing is we see where we started off bava we're learning about not damaging another person bava we're going to learn about but here we already get a window into it bava we're going to learn about protecting your friend from loss not the actually damaging, but how much do you have to protect him from loss? Our assumption is yes, it's a good thing to do, it's a moral thing to do to protect your friend from loss. No, it's a chiyuv. Is it a chiyuv to volunteer? Or is it a chiyuv where the Torah imposes upon you the responsibility of a professional taking care of your brother's assets? See from here, the Torah imposes this upon us as professionals. You have a professional obligation. This is your job. Until you acquit it, this is your job. You need to be looking after this person's property. And we should just bear in mind, if if it's our job to take care of each other's property and to protect from loss, how much more is it our job to take care of each other's dignity to take care of each other's physical security, to take care of each other's emotional security, to take care of each other's spiritual security. If this is the level the Torah goes and says, this is no voluntary issue. If you notice that your friend is in trouble, is, even if it's just to lose money, how much more so, if there's something more serious. There's, you can't be mit'alim, you can't turn aside. You have to engage, you have to protect the, your friend from any form of loss. And that obligation that you, that you have is you're obligated to take it on professionally. You're obligated to take it on as a professional. Not I think you're just doing a mitzvah. You're you're doing some kind of kindness to him. No, as Jewish people, it is our job to take care of one another. That's a chiyuv. That's an obligation that we have.